The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the commentary for The Kingery, Season 6, Episode 2, Internal Environment. I'm the director, Jared Page, and I'm joined by the writer of this episode, Perry Whittle. Hello, Perry. Hello. And the assistant director on this episode, Joel Rowan. Joel, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. How about you guys? Doing well. Doing good, yeah. Any activity, Fenton? Hey, Cap. I didn't recognize you without the uniform. Uh, so here we are outside shenanigans across the street. And we have Captain Richards, played by Mike Winters, and Officer Fenton, played by Sarah McKenzie, who's new to the cast. You like bombed-out businesses? I like a deserted And we may be seeing Officer Fenton again. Welcome, Sarah. And welcome, Officer Fenton. It makes money for a crime family. I like uh, Sarah's yawning. Yeah. Officer Fenton Officer Fenton is very lazy. He's always saying, uh, hey, can I break off surveillance? And uh, you saw that, right? I don't need to write it up, right? Can I quit now? You saw that. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, so the title of this episode, Internal Environment... Uh, refers most obviously to Marcello, the interior designer, who wants to be called an interior environment consultant. And it refers a little bit more metaphorically to um, the internal workings that are going on within several of the characters. Hmm. Um, largely uh, because of the developments in the previous episode. And those um, internal workings largely drive the developments in this episode. Um, and most and obviously, the re, um, the, the people so I'm referring to are Tommy and Tithia. So ah, all right. The Just there we heard our group of workers going in to fix the kingery, played by Colin Kelly, Libby Davis, and Vidi Versani. Thank you, folks. And somebody, did somebody say, hi-ho, hi-ho, as in it's off to work we go? Yes, what? you did. That was Colin Kelly. I thought that was pretty cute. It was a nice touch. I don't have an equipment we also heard Asa, played by Carl Glassmeyer, and Major, now. played by M. Sierra Garcia, as they led the workers into shenanigans. So as we can hear now, uh, Richard is not a big fan when there's action going on at the Kingery. He prefers that when the Kingery is out of commission. You'll remember last season we heard him say, uh, let the Kingery burn. Yeah, I think this is kind of a, a continuation of that, that whole attitude. And uh, I think he sees that um, the uh, Tommy Arkell's organization is a little bit vulnerable right now, and he really wants to step on him and squash him at this point. Don't... Not that... Stop, Tommy. So, Joel Rowan helped direct this episode, and when we get to one of those scenes, I'll turn it over to Joel and let him take us through those scenes. Uh, the scenes we've heard so far were ones that I've directed. Shut up. Now we're in the SOL shop with uh, Pete Milan playing Tommy Arkell and Alicia Lane Pickens playing Maddie Gray. And uh, I'm going to appear later on playing Hooks. 
and I just want to point out that my stage direction for Maddie here is phoning it in. Um, I thought that Maddie would not care all that much about the body swap machines, but her job is to keep Tommy safe while Major is off doing other stuff. So if she puts up too much resistance, he'll just become more difficult to deal with. Um, I think she understands that Tommy at some level wants an audience, so she's protesting but not very hard. So. Hooks is definitely more concerned about the machines than, and Maddie's more concerned about Tommy. Yes. And a nice little zap effect coming up here. Yes, and there Hooks just gave Tommy some information he probably shouldn't have. He has a tendency to do that. Yes, he does. Is he okay? Okay. So what did you do there? Is there anything that you can share with the audience? Well, um, I found some electrical-sounding, zappy-type sound effects and, and mixed them together. Um, there's an initial zap when Tommy hits the machine, and then there's like a residual zap that pans to one side as Tommy is thrown across the room. I pan Tommy off to the right, so he crashes down there. Anyway, I was I was pretty pleased with the way it came out. Thought it was a, uh, uh, I thought it turned out well. Didn't that happen to Major? Yeah, and Joel, yes, that did happen to uh, Major in a yeah. a previous season. So yeah, I, I thought so. Or maybe it um, maybe it was Socks. I'm not sure. It was one of those two. Oh, of course you do. And here we are so back inside now, shenanigans. You gotta get we have Marcelo, played by school. Paul Brueggemann. <laughs> Paul, welcome to the cast. And Marcelo, welcome to the Kingery. I am an internal environment consultant. Well, let me consult you on something here. Marcelo was a character that Perry introduced. Um, we had a casting call for both men and women. Uh, and initially in the casting call, the script was the character was being named either Marcelo or Marcella, depending on who was cast. Um, Paul did a great job with his audition, and he got the role. Yeah, he's doing a very good job here. He's uh, um, putting on a, a very broad, ridiculous uh, Italian accent, as is appropriate. Yes, it is. And uh, in that scene, he asked to be called an internal environment consultant. Well, there you go. Tommy, Jesus. When has it ever been great? I thought we... I'm working. I gotta talk to Tithia. So now we're inside SOL, and Tithia, played by Catherine Pride, has joined Tommy and Hooks. You're not gonna disappear yeah. again, are you? Just go. And we hear Maddie taking offense to Tommy calling her Gray. Yeah, I think Tommy is still pretty angry, and he's still trying to figure out the details of exactly what happened I just say and why. And I really, I know it's ghost to laugh at your own <laughs> jokes, but I really, really like the way that um, this sequence right here is going on. Um, I love Pete's and and uh, Cat's performances as Tommy and Tithia uh, in the sequence. You know, I hate talking to people with self-esteem issues, and uh, uh, Tithia and Hooks both say sorry. And <laughs> Tommy yells, "Shut up!" <laughs> I think it's really wonderful, and I really like Catherine Pride's yelp when Tommy 
breaks so the machine in saying that he hates talking to people with self-esteem issues. <laughs> Why anybody would listen to Kaz? Please, just give me a little piece of logic, just something I can cling to in this world gone bad. Please. Pete ad-libbing a little bit that made that <laughs> made that line a little bit longer than I wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> but very what? nice, well, very good. And he also gives a, a great ad lib as he's uh, walking out of this scene, uh, including the the phrase, I am not drunk enough for this. <laughs> very, very nice. No problem. I can fix it. And we hear Tommy walking away, and he's still ranting. It's got to be luxurious. Okay, so now we're back inside Shenanigans with Major, Marcello, and Asa. Uh, Major is explaining to Marcello some of the requirements for the rooms there. Yep. Hey, did you notice that? What? This part of the episode also begins a bit of technical directing that was a bit tricky. Um, in the script, Perry asked that we would have a segment of repeated dialogue. And the little conversation you're hearing right now... Um, after we hear Major say, keep talking, uh, Major's recording this conversation so it can be looped and played back. So, as this scene progresses, um, the conversation we're hearing inside fades into what is being over overheard outside by Robertson Brannis. I thought it was a really cool idea, Perry. I hope it turned out the way you envisioned it. Yes, I thought it was very nicely done. So, excellent work. And uh, tell us more about the technical details of how you did it, because I thought it was interesting. Well, I ended up creating a separate file, uh, really a separate scene, uh, of the repeated dialogue. Then I took the took that one scene and made two versions of it. One without any mods or filters, and the other was filtered to sound like it's playing over speakers or over a headset or, or some kind of comm. Uh, and then I faded out the unfiltered scene while fading in the filtered scene. And then I used the two versions of that same scene to bridge the scene inside and outside. So, in addition to the dialogue, I was fading out the ambient noise from inside and fading in the sounds of the thoroughfare outside. I think it accomplished the goal of taking the listener from the from the inside conversation to the conversation being overheard outside and showing that there was no passage of time there. I think these things were going on exactly the same time. Yeah, it's very nice. And, uh, oh, we should mention that uh, Paul Lavelle has uh, joined in and is playing Brannis and doing a wonderful job. I'm sorry, who? Brannis, Officer Brannis. Oh yes, we're no hearing Brannis for the first time in this episode. You sure they're coming? I see them. Let's go. And um, that's I, um, that sort of jumping through um, from one location to another by following the a recording or a TV or something. That's something that I I really enjoy doing. That's from uh, listening to the Firesign Theater. It's one of my favorite um, uh, and audio groups and and big big influence on me. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to catch him. Just to and I like here that uh, Asa is totally winded, but Major's hardly breathing hard at all. Yes, and now Major has some idea what's going on. Uh, she wanted to get a look at who was listening in, and she gets to take a look at the technology that was being used. 
You tell people your secrets. If they're friendly enough. Yeah, not even close to never. Well, what is it, girlie? Really? Yeah, so she ends the scene with this Those big question. Like Why cops. did they run? Yeah, I mm -hmm. think I recognize one of them. And I have to they got equipment like continue listening to further yeah. episodes to see if so that question is run? ever answered. Now we're going to jump back to the SOL shop. And Hooks is kind of trying to reach out to Tithia. Um, but, you know, like many of his uh, social interactions, it uh, comes out a little bit awkward. He doesn't really know how to do it. But I wanted to mention that I really like Cat's Pride, Cat Pride's performance throughout this uh, scene. It's very, very nice. But she's not certified on these. Well, train her! I miss her too, Tithia. And I you know, listen to this scene, I feel pretty bad for Hooks. He's he's really trying with Tithia, but Perry, as you mentioned, he just doesn't seem to know the right way to go about it. Yeah. And we can see that Tithia is definitely not ready to have any kind of relationship with Hooks. Having compassion. I'm trying to make sure you still have someone. You killed my parents! asked me to shoot him. He did it for you. So it's my fault. Is that what you mean? I mean, it's yeah. A that was a that was a smart thing I to bring up. Debbie, <laughs> and I never say her name. Don't you ever say her name again. It's your fault. Oh well, if that's hooks. Um, if he if he is uh, thinking of the details, he sort of has to mention it. Anytime you want to get something to eat. And now as we move to the next scene, we're inside Cassandra's apartment. And this is one of the scenes Joel did. So, Joel, why don't you take us through this one? almost impossible for me to find. <laughs> there was either the pop or there was no pop, and then there was fizz or there was no fizz. There's nothing that sounded quite right like oh, that. To give me shenanigans now that he's lost his favorite whore. <laughs> so you just didn't have a party in Foliot? No, sadly. That, that didn't even occur to me. I'm sick of family. We've got Bernadette Groves playing Cassandra, doing a wonderful job, and Ashwath Ganeshan as Kalok. Yes. Also wonderful. And one of the things I like here is that Kalok seems maybe a little bit smarter or maybe a little bit more objective than Cass. Uh, I like that he says, um, you don't share many opinions with Tommy. I think that's putting it very diplomatically. And... Um, then when Cass assumes that Tommy will give her stuff, Kalok then decides he needs another drink. Now we move to Maddie's apartment, and this is another scene mixed by Joel. Very, very awkward. You taste like a bar rag in a moldy sock puppet. And you love it, don't you? I like you, Tommy, but you smell disgusting. And I believe I added some music to this scene. 
Yeah, because cause I didn't think to Ooh. put any in there. And... Really happy you know, the, the scene was fine by itself without music, but well, as I put the episode together and listened to it as a whole, the lack of this, a lack of music in this scene kind of stood out because there's... Um, there's music in, in at least uh, part of every scene in this in this episode, so um, I added some music there to make it a little more consistent. No, you haven't. You are all I ever wanted. Ew, that's worse. I love you more than life Yeah. Shut up, idiot. And uh, they're sort of continuing where they left off at the end of season five here. Mm-hmm. And uh. Tommy there tried to sweet talk Maddie, um, but I, was, uh, I think he's a little too drunk or a little out of practice or something. Anyway, he was. Um, she didn't like it. She uh, thought it was kind of gross. I really liked uh, Pete's uh, read of I Love You More Than Life Itself. I love you more than life itself. He was just spewing lines there. So now we're back in the thoroughfare where we hear our drug dealer, played by Tanya Milosevic. Hope I pronounced that right. And Hooks arrives, and he's looking for some drugs. Yeah. At Roofers, Ringers, and Subterraneans are some drugs we haven't heard of before. Um, see if those ever come back and people ever def decide what they might do. I think the names are a little bit suggestive. Uh-huh. And so Hooks has been, um, he doesn't look like somebody who uh, would buy drugs, so the dealer doesn't want to deal with him, and then he tries out a bunch of names to see if he can get a reaction from the dealer, so she'll sell to him. It really doesn't help that he kind of walks right up and says, hey, I want to buy some drugs. Yeah. We can hear that uh, when Hooks mentions the name Tommy Arkell, the dealer immediately stops. You can hear his footsteps come to a stop, both people's footsteps. Up until this point, the dealer had been kind of walking away from Hooks, and he'd been following her around. Mentioning Tommy Arkell certainly got her attention. And he gets what he came for. Yes, he did. She believes him enough to give him the drugs, but uh, she also uh, threatens him a little bit. Let me scan you and get you out of there. And here we are outside of SOL headquarters with Tithia, and we have our guard, played by Jack Hawk. I really like Jack's performance as the guard. He's bored, and he's doing his habitual chores, and uh, when he reads her name off of the, the printout, I, I just, really, really nice performance. I really liked it a lot. Thanks, Jack. And Tithia, of course, wants to get something, but um, she also doesn't want to let a lot of people know, so she's, she's trying to work through exactly how to do that. Yeah, and she's keeping the audience in the dark here, too, being very cryptic. Yeah, if you um, listen to future episodes, uh, you might learn a little bit more about exactly what she's up to. I can't say for sure. That would be a spoiler. But you could, uh, you could count on that. Now we're back in Maddie's apartment, and Joel also mixed this scene. And again, I added some music in the final mix. Yet more awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really uh, like Alicia's performance of her big monologue, where she's trying to put it all together and trying to, you know, uh, 
it doesn't mean anything between us and uh right it's like, like we were just working out together and out hey together. don't fall asleep it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of what i thought uh their relationship would uh, would be like or would would get into a phase like this uh, two sort of tough people being companionable or very companionable and uh each of them making sure that they take care of their own needs And I should note that it was really by coincidence, not by um, director typecasting, that Joel was given the two sex scenes in this episode. Um, he wondered when I sent him the scenes if I was giving him the sex scenes because he'd worked on the line. Uh, but, but originally we had two assistant directors on this episode, but the other director ended up not being able to help. So um, the episode was divided initially into three parts. Um, and as it turned out, I ended up doing two parts, and Joel ended up doing the one part. And I appreciate Joel being willing to step in and take a few scenes, uh, even though he got uh, some of the more awkward, difficult ones to mix. Okay, look, I would really prefer to keep this off the Yeah, list. thanks, and I wanted to say thank you and compliment whoever put the nice reaction from Tommy as Maddie threatens to cut off his dick. Um, very, very nice reaction. Nice timing on that. Good work, guys. <laughs> uh, I was a little sad. He had a, um, at one point, he had a, an ad lib that said, oh, yes, ma'am. But I ended up deleting it. And then I regretted that because she has that line, shut up and lick. It would have it would have fit perfectly right there, but I had deleted it. I'm like, damn it. Oh, darn it. I thought you did a great job with that scene. So now we're back outside SOLHQ, and we've heard Tithia bribe the guard to let her in. Yep. She runs off into the HQ to retrieve whatever it is she's there for. Yeah. She says she'll be back in nine, and the Kingery will be back in about a month. The Kingery. And here we have our very cool theme I love hearing as it kicks in at the end of an episode. Uh, composed, of course, by our good friend Tom Stitzer. And we can also hear the voice of Bruce Busby reading the closing credits. Thanks again, Perry, for a great script, and Joel for stepping in and helping out with the directing. So Joel will be back helping out as assistant director in uh, episode four in a couple months. Right, Joel? Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm going to start working on it uh, just after we finish. Great. Well, I want to say thank you, Jared and Joel, and to everybody who contributed. Uh, the next episode is written by Jeffrey Bridges, so be sure to check in for that. Yes. Assistant Director Joel Rowan, produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2012, Pendant Productions. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us, and thank you again, Perry and Joel. Joel, we'll talk again soon, and Perry, uh, we'll be talking to you as, again as your next episode comes up. Uh, what, what, what episode are you scripting next? Episode uh, 7 of this season. Okay, so we'll hear Perry back in Episode 7. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Bye now. Bye. See ya.